Praise God. In verse 26. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. The mother of us all. Brother Baker, would you pray? You may be seated. One of the greatest honor, say, I'm going to sit like Jesus did at the Mount of Olives. Here's my mountain right here. I'm going to sit on it. Say, so might as well just pull up your, your stone and just roll it close to me and enjoy the service this morning. But uh, one of the greatest honors saints can pray to, can, can, to give a preacher is, you're picking on me. You're picking on me. Another great honor we can we can pay to the pastor and the Holy Ghost is somebody told you the show. Oh, I've told I've been told so many times that somebody told me so that I'm picking on somebody. That means I didn't miss a hit. Amen. It was a hit. Yes. Now bullseye. But they're wrong about the source. Because you know, God does talk to his people. And I want to talk about mothers. I have no mother in this building in mind. But if the dress fits you, wear it. We'll trim it down to size to make sure it fits you. And you as a mother can wear it. But if you're not yet a mother, there's also proactive and preventive maintenance that God can give you. Now, there are all kind of mothers in the world. There are godmothers, grandmothers, and what, is, what else? Stepmothers. But the only two in the Bible is grandmother and mother. And so, I'm going to talk Bible. 299 times. Mothers, the word mother is mentioned in the Bible. I checked it out 299 times, almost make it 300. I wish my mother was alive today because she could pray. If I'm sick, I'd go right to my mother. And my mother would pray. And God would respond. She had connection with God. If I dream a dream, I'd go see my mother. And my mother would have some kind of answer for me. I never avoid my mother. In fact, my mother could get me in conviction because of 
the trust that she had in me that I never lived up to. But she just trusted me. I've never heard my mother one day accuse anybody in her life. I wasted my time trying to complain to my mom about any crisis I have because she will never take sides. <laughs> and she'll never tell me what I want to hear. <laughs> so I'm wasting my time. <laughs> you know, sometimes I thought my mom was just plain naive. <laughs> I think everybody's all right, including me. My dad used to say, G! That's what he called her, G. That's the romantic name for her, G. Whatever that meant. <coughs> but you know, I was sick in England as a kid. And I was sick of death. And my mother... I didn't know she had healing miracles, uh, ministry in her life or what she could do those things. I know she prays a lot, could hear her praying, shake the place, make us afraid. So it took her sister too. And uh, I was laying on that bed. We own a home, our own home, three stories, uh, English style. And she came up there. She opened my room door, walked in my room, didn't even knock it, just walked in there praying, talking in tongues, and just lay hands on me. Oh, I wish my mom was alive. And she just lay hands on me and walked out of that building and never said a word to me. I was instamatically healed of rheumatic fever. Never see a doctor a second time never take another blood test and the reason why we know we were here because the doctor said what happened to him I'm not sure what she told him I didn't tell him anything but he gave me a, a battery of tests and said blood is okay heart is okay everything is okay because my joints had swollen big and my fingers were just swollen of course I'm a bad kid <laughs> bad kid do bad things but somehow she must have either changed the mind of God or turned death away or, or rebuked sickness and I was healed. But my mother didn't go to college. My mother, the disease, when she was young and she and her sister, it affected her brain. But my mom, you know, my dad spoiled her in Canada because in England she could drive and she could do a lot of stuff. When she came to Canada, she stopped doing those things, and she just became dependent on him for everything. Not good, because if he died first, you're gonna have trouble getting around. But, but my mother is not known for all those things. But the the bishop of that church, I hear him said to my mom one time, "Do, do you still have that faith you have? Because when she pray for sick people, they're healed. Lunatics." Cancer people, all kind of disease. And you would never know that my mother had that prayer life to touch God to do those things. There are mothers who are unsung heroes. When my mother died, she'd, if I got my, my father's Bible right here. 
My dad, if he left us houses and land, it wouldn't matter. This is the greatest gift parents can ever leave to their children. The word of God. I get so emotional when I think about my mother and my how all my mother had. When I visit my mom, depending on how sick she was, in the wheelchair, she's going to cook me my favorite meal. She knows what I wanted. And she knows I'm coming, I'm going to get it. She would not let me down. She go to that stove in that wheelchair and she cook my favorite meal. And then we would sing. And you would forget, would forget that my mom is sick and dying. You know, my mom had cancer and other, other disease that hit her. And it's amazing how you can't heal yourself. We can heal other people. But she was just as encouraging to her doctor as the nurses, singing songs to them, singing her way out, out, out of here. Having the right role model in your life is important. I didn't know till I grew up how much influence parenting had on my future. Well, if I didn't have the right parenting, I'd probably be in jail on the gallows or kill somebody or be a drug addict. I would have been because I had the propensity and desire to do those things. But the power of their prayer, the power of their connection with God, when I should have been slaughtered, I was rescued. <laughs> and, and so, I know today, I've traveled a lot of places, a lot of honors paid to me. I know from the phone calls and elsewhere I've been. And I swear to God, none of that is due to my lifestyle, but my mom and my dad. Everywhere I travel in the States, in Canada, and around the world, it says, that church started in your parents' home. Almost embarrassing the way they carry on. And a great movement came out of their home. But you have to understand, my mother, when she was a young girl, her, her both parents died. So she's a young girl. And she could live any kind of immoral life she wanted to. She didn't. She chose to stay in the church, get in the church. And when she got in, her family didn't like it because it was a different church. She got into a church that was not sedate because she came from a Baptist background. And the church got into it. They clap hands, they make noise and shout. And they thought, what kind of new religion is this she got into? And they were angry at her. And because she's without her parents, they would turn the lights off on my mom. You know, to intimidate her, withdraw produce from her. And guess what? Somewhere in life, there's my dad, same experience, seven brothers, and their parents died. And truth come to them. Some guy from the United States came to their village and preached one God, one faith. One baptism. 
I didn't get this revelation by myself. It came through them. And he believed, she believed, and they don't know each other. And then somehow Pentecostals are people come together and have a convention. And he saw this young girl and he thought, I'm going to ask the pastor for that girl. It's not like today, you know, boy, she, girls, shack up with girl and they commit adultery and fornication. That's not how they do that there. They go to the pastor. They say, is she okay? Is it okay? Can I do this? You know, the pastor was their guidance. And now my, 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 my mom was put out of the house for the gospel, she believed. And so she had to. Found a place to stay. She and a young girl stayed together. And the young girl was spiritual, you know. The friends you hang around tell what kind of quality person you are. You hang around dogs, you know, like Rogers fleas. That's why I don't hug puppies. I don't want their fleas come on me. Now, you can have all the puppies that you want. Just don't hug me after you're done. <laughs> I don't want those hair coming on me. But the girl jumped up out of her sleep and says, Crawford, Neil's going to marry you. My mom said, be quiet. That won't happen. Next thing you know, my dad asked to marry her. And that's exactly what happened. Eight of us came out of it. Four in Caribbean, four in England. We are an international family. <laughs> we carried the British flag and now the Canadian flag. I was hoping for four more, but they stopped. <laughs> Praise God. But the fact remained, they stepped into Pentecost, unknown to me and unknown to our family, and gave us a legacy that the world can't give and the world must not take away. I never tell people this because they would not believe. I've never heard my dad once in his life raise his voice to my mom or she to him. I've never heard him quarrel. Never. So if I treat my wife right, blame them, Sister Neil. If I treat you right, blame them because I don't know that. And all I know is that this loving couple. If they quarrel, I don't know it, never heard it. If they fought, never heard it, never see it, never, never, never don't know anything about it. Never heard them disagree. You say, well, aren't they human? Don't ask me, ask them. <laughs> They're dead. They can't answer the question, but I don't know it. So, and my dad was a real man, but I'm not talking about man today, but mother. And uh, when I got saved in Canada, it was my mom that came on after a New Year's party night. Of course I got a girlfriend. I've told my wife this, first time she's hearing this. She won't hold against me. And uh, I just was not up to the party. No, I don't want to dance. I don't want to drink. I just want to go home. I want to go home. And as soon as I hit that mattress and started sleeping, my door opened. And my mom started prophesying to me. Tell me, boy, if you don't live for God, you're going to die. If you don't live for God, your school days will be over. Done. And walk right out. And boy, I believed. Because I know if my mom says it, it's going to happen.
I used to call her sister a witch because she's just like that too. They're pretty confirmed. I know not by the Holy Ghost, not by witch. <laughs> but back then, my brother and her called them a witch. Because <laughs> they were accurate. I thought, I ain't going to run the risk of this, boy. I'm going to get saved. And that's how I'm in the church. Praise God. And I have no regrets. It's, you know, it, it's, it, to be a mother is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. Motherhood. A man cannot be a mother. <laughs> they may try, but a man can't be a wife. A mother is a gift from God. My mom fasts all the time, prayed all the time. You know, when Christ was on the cross, I'm sure fathers were around, he did not speak to the father, he spoke to the mothers. I said, women, weep for your children. Then it means the future of the home is not even in the hand of the father. I don't care the father leave home and be a recluse and a rebel, and some of them are wretched, but the future of that home is not in the hand of the dad. The keeper of the home is the mother. That word keeper means the one on guard. She keeps things out and she lets things in. That's a mother's job. Amen. Not a father's job. A father, very few fathers can take care of kids. But a mom can. The future of the world is not in the hand of a daddy. It's in the hand of the one that rocked the cradle. And Paul is writing to the Galatians here, the Grecians. And is that clock right? You mean it's lunchtime already? Is that for real? I just started preaching. <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> Forget about lunch. You're fasting. But Paul is writing to the Galatians and says, Your mother is not earth. Your mother is not Jerusalem that in the Middle East. Your mother is in heaven. Jerusalem. Did you know in the Jewish system to be an Israelite it's not determined by the seed of the father but by the mother. How many of that? It's the mother that determines that. If you have the wrong mother, you will not be an Israelite. I know you're going to ask me for your Bible's color. What about Rahab? She's in the genealogy. What about Ruth? What about Tamar? You know what happened to them? They experienced what we call today the born-again experience. And that gave them the right to be in a genealogy which they naturally could not be a part of. Otherwise, their kids would be counted as something, I don't want to call it the word, but they don't belong to the Lord. Now, 
because time is running, and, and I know you're thinking about 12 o'clock, you give it to be late. But I want to say this to you here. Jacobed is the mother of Moses. The decision that Moses made came from the heart of his mom's training. Mother, you can destroy your kids by what you're saying to them. You can destroy their faith. You can destroy their hope. You can destroy their future by doing the wrong thing to those kids. Or the wrong exposure. Usually, it's mom who saved kids. But sometimes, it turns around when kids save mom. And that's all right. We don't care how you guys say Just get saved. Just don't go to hell. That's all I'm saying to you. But Jacobet, when Moses was a child, she rescued him. She says, my kid is proper, and he will not be in that situation. Other mothers were obeying the law of the land, and she said, not this time. I'm law-abiding, but not in this case. He said, this is my kid. He's proper. He belongs to God. She protected him, and God helped her. And she ended up putting that kid in a safe place. And the Bible tells us that this safety that was brought about, that it, it helped so greatly that uh, when Moses came of age, I'll come of age. I came of age. Hello. You know, when I was younger, I want to get baptized. They told me I'm too bad, too wicked to get baptized. That was not my mom that told me. That was my sister. My mom's sister told me that. <laughs> I was too bad, she said, to get baptized. Well, the baptism is for bad people. I was a bad person. I got sins to wash away. Why wouldn't I wash my sins away? Anyway, but when I reached, when I was 20, in my 20s, God said, now you're old enough, make, make up your mind. The only reason why I didn't take drugs and, and, and get deep in and all those stuff, I was taught about the danger of hell. It really helped me. Even though I wasn't a Christian, and went astray and did wrong stuff, that scripture they put in my heart affected me. Even in gangs and crowds, mama planted a seed that not even Satan could pull out. It followed me everywhere I went. And that's why moms are unsung heroes. We talk about heroes because they play a hockey game and football game and make a lot of money, but what about the mother who give you values, principles, lifestyle that is right, that keep you out of jail, keep you from AIDS and, and, and sexual disease. But Jacobed put in Moses, and when she was no longer around, and I said, Moses, we're going to make you fairer. He said, absolutely not. And he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God. I talked to my niece a while ago, and uh, she's in the States. She's a scientist. She's only 19. And uh, the prof didn't want her to pass. She got several calls at four, and government paid for everything. This teacher took a dislike for her. And she said, Uncle Trev, I did everything right. And she said, I'm wrong. But make a long story short, the lady had to give her what she deserved. Because her parents was praying for her. 
We need parents who pray for us, not cuss us out. The only word they should hear in your house is hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. No other harsh words. No foul language. Praise the Lord. And she protects our kids from abortion because the government says abortion. She says no. She gave birth to her son. And he became the leader of Israel. Leadership skill comes from parenting skills. Because the first leadership they learn is mom, and mom, then dad. Praise God. You know, people don't realize this. It takes a mother to teach a daddy how to bond with a child. That's why many marriages break up. Because the mother never takes time to teach the daddy how to be a caregiver. Well, you carry the kids for nine months. He never got contact. All he did was damage you with a seed. And blew you up like a balloon and walked away. But you for nine months had to carry this baby. A lot of things went on there. You know, you can't sleep properly. You can't roll over. You just thud, thud, thud. <laughs> Mess up your sleep habits, your eat habits. And so, it really, it's the mother's job to teach him how to change diaper. Hello? How to how to feed the baby, you know, and how to do those things. How many mothers do that? Very few, if any. And that's why marriages breaks up. Amen. So Jacobet to me was the unsung hero. So was Sarah. Sarah, I'm so glad, you know, Abraham was a bad man. I'm sorry. I know he was a friend of God, but he was a bad guy. He had a good wife, and he's shacking up with this Egyptian girl. My dad never saw her. Never did. At least not that I know of. My wife is laughing. Not that I know of. My mom was always his sweetheart. <coughs> and he brought this girl in his house. Be careful what you bring in your house. Amen. 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 Yes. And next thing you know, Sarah had this idea which Abraham gladly agreed to and a kid with her. But it's not going to work because it's not God's plan. You know, somebody asked, how do you get by in life? When I got saved, I was determined I'm going to follow God's plan on everything. Why do you pay tithes? For the same reason you don't. But I'm more blessed than you. I travel more than you. I've gone places you'll never go. See things you'll never see. Do things you'll never do. And have, and have honor you'll never have paid to you. Because promotion comes from God. If your ways please God, then all these things shall be added. We full of add-ons so much. I had so much add-on to me. God said, you got too much, brother. I'm going to lose some weight here. You're too fat. I had to lose 50% of what I had on. That means get rid of all my clothes. Start all over again. 
Don't laugh, he's still adding on some more still. In a few more days, I'll be bigger than this. Watch and see. I'm prophesying to you. I'll be just so, you say, what, are you sick? No, I'm just healthy. Are you lifting weight? No, I'm just feeling good. God, God reversed the situation. Yes. Amen. But Sarah protected her child from that lady and from her son. That's a hero. And in his consecration. Who's messing around with your kids? Why don't mothers protect their kids? You know the list for a babysitter? You guys have never followed it. As a counselor, I tell people what to do. And, and tell them the list they're going to follow. You almost have to do a criminal check and a sexual check on them. You don't know who's carrying your baby. You don't know their background, the perversion of their mind. And you don't know one of these days you may miss your kids dead. Taking a ride that shouldn't have taken. Well, Sarah said, this is my son. You ain't going to mess with him. This is a godless seed. I'm going to protect my kid from the influence of that boy and his mother. And you're going to do it? Throw them out of my house. As a kid growing up, all I ever knew in my parents' home was my mom, my dad, and my sisters, and no one else. No one else. They lost strangers. It's a different story. But no one else. What you let in your house, you let it in your kid's mind. Because mother, you are the first educator they know. Even before they know that daddy. Even before they know the school teacher. You're the educator. You're the one that's going to keep that home. And if you're slack with them, it's going to be costing you. So to me, Sarah was a hero. How I know this? Look at a kid. If you want to know if you're a good parent, look at your kid. Don't look at your figure shape. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, 30 by 18 by 40. <laughs> that's, that's not success. That's madness. <clears throat> look at Adam. Again, this man made the same mistake. And this, this is warning to preachers and, and, and Christians. Gentlemen, if you have one wife, be thankful for her. If you don't like how she look, paint her up. Make sure look like something. Put some paint on her. I don't mean lipstick either, by the way. Or, or lie to yourself. Say, girl, you're the sweetest thing since sliced bread. You're lying, but you believe it. But what if the guy don't say the dress you put on looks good or ignores it? Anna was the real wife. She was a genuine wife. But her husband had this other girl. Did you notice Anna could have said, well, he's got a girl tit for tat. 
Let me get it. Man, nothing wrong with that. Thank you, sir. Give me a hand clap for doing that. But Anna didn't argue with her husband, didn't quarrel with them, had a fight with them, didn't divorce them. She went to church. Praying mother is a key to a child's future. You will not impress the kids with toys and good looks and tight-fitting clothing and all those other stuff that you think work. No, no, no. What affects the kid is your prayer life. And hearing you, one, one, one kid said to his mom, why are you crying, son? He said, I'm not sorrowful, son. I'm just praying for you to the Lord. These are tears of joy. Tears of intercession. Take care of my daughter. Take care of my son. And so Anna says, okay, I got no kid. God held her back. And, you know, and like we read here, those who have the husband have no kids. And those who have no husband have a whole bunch of kids. They come plucked out like that. You notice, godly Christians have a hard pregnancy. And those who live in sin, they pluck them in, pluck them out. In, out, in, out. I mean, they come out so fast. It's amazing. I, you know, where I live, I won't tell you how close, but, but have a baby today and tomorrow they're driving truck. And I thought, what kind of ladies are these? In the Caribbean, they're so superstitious. They have babies and they hide for three weeks. The sun don't shine on them. They like protein and all that stuff. But Anna went to the Lord and prayed. And she knew a child is a gift from the Lord. And when she prayed, the Lord answered her prayer and gave her a son. He said, I'm going to hand this son back to the Lord. No, I, I didn't know this. My mom told me after I said, Mom, why did you pray that prayer? He said, God, if you know these boys and girls, they can live for, live for you. Take them back right now. I said, Mom, why did you pray that prayer? He could have listened to you and killed me. Maybe he saw 24 years down the road. <laughs> I'm going to change my mind. You know, thank God. Amen? But Samuel came out of this. Every year she visits Samuel. And I believe she said to Samuel, Samuel, you see those two boys there? Do not follow them. Stick to the man of God. Let me tell you something here. If you want your kids to go to hell, guaranteed, when the pastor corrects you, argue with them. Go home and say he's picking on you. Guarantee your kids can't miss hell. Can't. Bound to be lost. You go and tell them the church folks are hypocrites. Go tell them that. You go find fault with the saints in the church and let your kids hear that. Let me tell you something, man. You may recover. But as God made green apples, they won't. It happened a lot. Lot two girls never recover. Because their attitude towards Abraham. And then finally Abraham's faith. He said, Don't follow those boys. They're per they're perverts. They go to church and commit fornication, adultery. You can't do it and go to church. It's sinful. It's evil. He said, Don't you follow that? 
you stay close to the man of God and you keep doing what he asks you to do. And every year she followed him. And God rejected those two boys and turned to Anna's only son. And the God said, Anna, since you gave me back your son, I'm going to give you many more kids. Anna wrote a parable. It's so awesome. Everybody read that, that great manifestation she wrote in rejoicing how God blessed her and her family. These are unsung heroes. You don't hear much about them. You can read Dr. Dobson all you want to, but if you want to be a good mother, read these guys' lives. Read them. You will not go astray. You'll be the kind of mom they love. Don't let your kids love you because you compromise. I've seen in Jamaica, those boys end up in gallows, prison, jail. They kill people. And the steel thing I bring it to home, and mom would receive it. One thing we learned when we were kids, asking my eight family, well, four of us at least for sure, we couldn't do anything wrong, be involved in anything, and they believe us. First of all, we were never wrong. We still got whipped. Why are you whipping us? You shouldn't be in that place in the first place. So, you know, it's like we could never do what's right. But I, I turned around and I thanked them for doing that to me because it saved me from prison, hell, drugs, principles that I couldn't get away from. It was a deterrent, a gate, a gatekeeper. Jacobed, Sarah, and Anna were moms that put gatekeepers to their kids. You didn't bring your kids in this world to fry in hell. Before you have them, think twice. Kids are not an accident. They're gifts. Let's worship God. Remember I said, I don't have nobody here in mind. Because if I did, you'd all be guilty. No, I'm just kidding. You didn't get my joke. And then we have Lewis. Lewis is a grandma. Let me tell you. Grandma should not take over parenting from parents. Amen. That's right. mm. Anybody heard that? Yes. It's their responsibility. You've done your job. You're a consultant. But I hope what your daughter's doing to those kids is what you taught her. Because Timothy was a stellite believer. And Paul, twice in the same book, identified where that skill came from. He said, look, you learned this from your grandmother or your mom, whose faith came from the, her mom. What are you handing down to your kids? Atheism? One thing about Muslim faith, when that kid is born, they say something to him, you know, I'm Dahid Allah, whatever they say to him, or whatever, Muhammad is God. When he dies, that's the last thing they say to him. And that is so seedly planted in their lives that they will give their life for it. Hello? And so, Lewis planted the seed in Timothy. All right? Before I close, You've heard the terms, sons of God, 
sons of the devil, daughters of Zion, and daughters of the harlot. I'm not making this up. The 17th chapter of Revelation talk about it. You hear about a child of the devil, child of God, children of God, children of the devil. It does matter who your mother is. Now, like I said, I'm not going to bore you to death. But if you're going to be a mother, go read these models. Pick up the ones you don't want to be like. And pray hard. Kids aren't saved by accident. What mom believes and receives and does is what they inherit. And they can't get rid of it. Amen. I'm going to say this. If a wife and husband is in the church, the husband first will backslide. But because he's first, he's not the reason for the backsliding. It's the fault the wife finds with the saints, the preaching, and the teaching. And finally, she drives out his faith and confidence in the things of God. And he first acted out because he can't endure it. And though she may stay, the next influence is the kids. Why aren't you in church, Mom? It's church time. Well, the pastors talk to you. Why are you so angry? The elders of the church just try to correct you. Why are you behaving this way? Look at this over here. Ahab married a Zidonian. He was hooked up with a lady whose mother was called Ataliah. And she produced Jezebel. And the Bible is still talking about Jezebel. Wicked. All the kings in the south, it was never their father who were blamed for their sins. It was the mom who was their counselor. Let's stand. You see, I preach shorter when I sit than when I stand. I'm talking about heroes. But you know what? If you want to be, you want to be an unsung hero and have Jerusalem as your mother, it can happen. If you're willing to be born again, I do not call earth my mother. Hello? I don't call those pagan gods my mother. My mother is Jerusalem. And sisters, let me tell you something here. If you're going to be a Christian, a true Christian, your mother is called Sarah. God says, young ladies, 
you're a daughter of Sarah. If you dress a certain way, if you behave a certain way. Is that right? Am I teaching the Bible? I'm not picking anybody, I'm just preaching the Bible. And I'm talking about unsung hero. And you may leave this world and never win anybody, but if you win your sons and daughters to God, it's better than winning a church full of people. Amen. Think about it. Would you bow your heads right now? Such a simple thought. Yet the future of the world, the future of your legacy, the future of the country is in the arms of a mother. Long before daddy take a kid to church, mom will. Because you want to bless her baby. Lord Jesus, you're talking to mothers here. Maybe you missed the mark as a mother, and now your children are trying to reach you as a mother. Don't turn away. Consider what they're saying. Maybe they discover something you missed. Maybe they learned something that you never taught them, but it's real. And they're saying, Mom, look what I found. Look what I have. Come with me to my father's house. For there's peace and joy and safety. I was praying to the Lord. I said, Lord, there are people that don't live for you. And they're healthy. They have no disease, no sickness, no body pain. And I know of people living for you and they're filled with disease and all kind of crazy stuff in their body. And the Lord bring back to me the scripture. It's better to go to heaven missing an eye, missing an arm, missing a leg, than live to be 200 years old and go to hell. Never sick. Never have a need for medication. I'm going to ask you this morning is God trying to reach you? I don't care if you're a mother or a grandmother. God's trying to reach you. I want every kid that's a girl come up to this altar right now. Because you have a potential to become a mother one day. I hope you'll be a mother. A virgin mother like Mary. That virgin Mary says, I know not a man. I know not a man. That means she'll have a good, clean life. And Messiah came through her. The hope of Israel was John the Baptist. It came through a mother, Elizabeth. Think about it. Let's pray for these young girls. Let's pray for whoever their parents are. Let's pray for them right now. Lord Jesus, we pray for these young girls growing up. One day may become mothers, marry and have children. That they would be a good guide to their children and their children's children. And become unsung heroes. 
may not make the Guinness Book of Record, but they have repented of their sins, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and they become the people of God. For them I pray right now, Lord, unsung heroes, in Jesus' name. I pray for the mothers among us who have done such a great job, done their best based on the knowledge they had and the limitation they work with and have brought people in this world that are living good lives. I pray for they come to the whole truth and know that truth. Through Acts 2.38, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all mothers. I pray for all mothers, in the name of Jesus. These are unsung heroes doing great things on the backside of the desert. And they have Sarah, Jacobed, Lewis, Anna, and so many, God, as role modeling in Jesus' name. I'm going to pass the service back to the one in charge. Amen.